0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: What's up, Startup Hustle listeners? This is Andrew, your host for today's episode, founder of Marknology, here with Kevin March. We're going to have some fun today talking about Bitcoin, talking about uh, the company Floating Point Group and kind of what that is. We were talking a little bit about about that before the show. I'm trying to get a good wrap under what that is. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have some fun digging into that and hopefully, you know, be able to provide some insight to uh, anyone interested in in the Bitcoin or digital currency area. I refer to it as Bitcoin because that's how I know of it. But we're going to dig into some of what the other currencies are. Um, before we get started, shout out to our sponsor, Gusto, as a small business owner, paying and taking care of your team can be tough, especially now. So that's why Gusto built easy-to-use payroll benefits, onboarding HR tools. Um, Our listeners on the Startup Hustle get three months for free at gusto.com backslash Startup Hustle. That's gusto.com backslash Startup Hustle. I've used Gusto for probably about a year now. I made the switch in 2019. Um, Share a little bit more with you. In that as we go on the show Kevin welcome to the show
0: thanks so much for having me I'm I'm super excited to be here
1: yeah uh, I'm really interested in I get an hour to just pick your brain (laughs) and I think we're gonna we're gonna have some fun but um you know let's start a little bit uh before we get right into the details let's start a little bit about yourself tell us uh to our listeners and how did we get here um where you're working with this group
0: oh all right so uh, I'll I'll go all the way back um Born and raised in Springfield, Missouri, you know, farm country, USA. Um, okay, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I uh, I I live in New York now, but it's uh, you know, I'm 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 always proud to represent Missouri. You know, we, we gave the world a bunch of great things. You know, Harry Truman, uh, Brad Pitt, Budweiser. So you know, I I've I no shame. Uh, you know, being in New York and on Wall Street and telling people where I'm from. Um, you know, where I'm at now, I <laughs> I, I helped found the Floating Point Group my senior year of undergrad. And I actually dropped out to, to pursue the opportunity. I was, I was at UMKC University of Missouri, Kansas city. I was studying uh, biomedical technology. Um, And I've always been really interested in, in in biomedical technology. I've always been really interested in research. Um, But I was a little bit jaded on the space. You know, I'm, I'm really convinced that all the work that, that biomedical researchers do uh, is, you know, pretty, pretty labor intensive and going to be automated by computer scientists um so you know I, I really didn't want to go down that path i didn't want to get to put myself into a place where i know i know in five years all the lab work that i'm doing is you know going to be replaced by someone who can code and smarter than me but anyway um my senior year uh a couple of my friends from uh, from up in cambridge massachusetts where i was researching at the time uh they were like hey man let's get into this bitcoin thing um you know i played around the equity markets you know my my co-founder, John had played around the equity markets. He considered himself a a, a part-time quantitative trader. So uh, we got it, and we started trading Bitcoin. Um, and that's like that, that was like the premise that really got us to today. We founded Floating Point Group to solve problems that we had when we're when we're trading Bitcoin for ourselves.
1: That's the same thing as Marknology. Um, you know, I actually started in the. Uh, networking and security space. Hated working at a knock, which we might talk about a little <laughs> bit later because of the similarities. But um, I was like, I don't want to just wait on problems to happen. I want to be proactive about solving them and creating yeah. things. And so that's why I really had to switch. Um, keep going.
0: Yeah, I mean, so uh, you know, I think I want. I guess I want to yeah. know. I'll, I'll get a little bit
1: more specific so about yeah. keep going. So I want to know. I think we need to break this down to like low 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 level just because i know of um a lot of people don't understand this and they're not going to listen if we don't talk to them in a way that really really makes sense um i have this issue all the time talking about amazon and just like you know really trying to as i've been working in that space and breaking down those problems that's why i created Markology. um when you say
0: uh we started trading bitcoin what does that mean oh um- so all around the world there exist these these exchanges that are all trying to be the next Nasdaq, they're trying to be like the next Nicey, whatever it is. Um, you know, they're are interesting places to, you know, to play around on. You can go there, you can load in your debit card, your crypto, uh, your your credit card, and you can uh you know, send them US dollars and you can buy Bitcoin. Um and then you know, you, you look and you see that, you know, I bought Bitcoin and you know I got a price of like 9,954 or whatever it was. Um, and you see that the price of Bitcoin went up. And then you feel pretty good because, you know, you're what in are we at
1: like, seven, like 17,000 right now. Yeah, we
0: I, uh, we're, we're north of 18,000 right now. So that would make you a pretty good trader, at least this that's I would feel. But, you know, uh, we started to realize that, you know, we were we'd buy on this one exchange and our price was X. So then, you know, we'd look at the other exchange and the, the price was, you know, X minus one or whatever it is. And we realized that, you know, in the very early days, you know, it appears that we can buy in one place and sell in another and make some money. Um, and that sounded pretty cool. You know, we were undergraduates. We had to pay for rent. We had to pay for, for food somehow. We didn't have any money. Uh, all of us were researching at the time. We didn't have any time to work and, and actually produce income, produce any you know, real value for the world. So we started trading Bitcoin. Um, so we, we started with these really basic strategies where, you know, we would, uh, we would take like five grand of all the money that we script together from ourselves, our friends, et cetera. Um, and we would go buy Bitcoin on Coinbase and we would ship it to this other exchange and we would sell it for like, like, you know, like 2% more. And we just do this all day um where suddenly at the end of the day we've made like two percent on our five thousand dollars and that was really cool because if you do that enough days you know suddenly that that becomes a pretty profitable business
1: and is there a cost like to move it between exchanges
0: yeah i mean that's the that's the beautiful thing that i uh that has me excited about bitcoin you know um you don't have to wait on the banks you know there's it's not like a wire system you know you don't have to worry on like a credit card processor uh you know bitcoin is a centralized network so if you want to send your bitcoin from one place to the other uh you know it might cost a couple of dollars it might take 30 minutes but you know it's 24 7 365 doesn't believe in holidays
1: kind of like e-commerce
0: <laughs> exactly I mean, We're speaking this thing, like,
1: open, right you don't have to go <laughs> in the stores open you Just get your money or your, your stuff and um you know you're ready to go yeah like, I, mean, I, I, I have a hard time, honestly logically making time to go to the store or shop or groceries when i'm like i just like doing that sometimes out of habit but i could do it way more efficiently if i just set up an auto auto order you (laughs) know or or did it later like on my own time um okay so i'm this is this is teaching me a lot and i'm sure it is for some of the listeners that aren't privy to this space i'm sure a lot of people know a lot about digital currency and there's probably a lot that don't so okay so you're moving in the early days you're moving stuff between exchanges finding better rates, um, you know, on this marketplace or this marketplace. Um, how'd you go from like trading, you know, 2% on $5,000, um, you know, to where, to where you, you've got a business, or at least like maybe I'm jumping a couple, a couple too many steps. Um, yeah. Where'd you go after that, those first kinds of learnings where you're getting excited about, Hey, if you do this 30 days in a row, you've made some serious money.
0: Um, I mean, so, I I couldn't really code at all at the time. I mean, right now I'm still a pretty terrible coder, but at least I can do a little bit more. Um, but both of the the guys that I was working with, they were, you know, they were much better uh uh, you know, technical folks than than I am. So we started of automate and love the stuff that we were doing. Um, then, you know, it wasn't we were just doing this a couple times a day when we were not in class, Then, you know, 24/7 365 even on holidays, you know that we had this thing that was just in the background just, you know, just doing these trades every time it could, every time the market made sense. Um, so like
1: a script were you running like, a, you exactly, know, like yeah, same, yeah. or...
0: we, we, uh, you know, uh, in the very early days, you know, we weren't even doing this on like AWS or something. We weren't doing this through the cloud. You know, we just had a computer that was running, you know, a, a local version of this, you know, as long as we didn't shut down the, as long as we didn't close the laptop, it was still running. Uh, so that was, sounds, that was how
1: <laughs> sounds super exciting to me. Like we, we figured out something yeah. that like, how long ago was this?
0: Uh, this was two years ago. Okay.
1: So not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're like, okay, we figured this thing out. You feel like you got a secret. You're like, keep the laptop running, like let's buy extra <laughs> batteries, extra cords, like whatever we got to do. Yeah. Keep this thing running. Um so you you figured out how to run the script from a local computer which was which would like go exchange look at all the different exchanges. Yeah. Okay, and then compare the rates and be like, should I move it or not? Is that yeah. what it was doing? That so that's much.
0: exactly what I was doing. So it'd be like, okay, you know, this is a pretty cheap price. I'm going to buy. Now I'm going to look at all the other places where I could ship it. Uh, you know, it takes 30 minutes. So we have to factor that in a little bit, but you know, where can I send it in the next 30 minutes where I can sell it for even more than I bought it. Um, and it just did this all day. And, you know, we, we started feeling pretty smart and you we were like, okay, you know, we've done this with, you know, our own personal money maybe we can actually raise some funds behind this. And that, that's when we thought that we were uh, we're, we're going to get, uh, you know, pretty professional. So we donned our suits, we, we strapped on our backpacks, nice and tight. We took a bus to New York city when we, uh, we went and pitched some investors. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that, How that, did that, that go? <laughs> they, they thought we were cute. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we rolled in, we wore ties and that was, that was like probably like the biggest mistake. Um, you know, that I think that that thing right there kind of kind of showed who they were talking to. But, you know, um, we found some investors who are who willing to play around with it, you know, people who, you know, they, they they can write at least a little bit of a check where, you know, they're like, okay, if you lose this money, it's probably not the biggest thing in the world, but you know, you might make it. So that's, that's cool. They're willing to take that risk. And, you know, they were from the background that they could take those risks. Um, and suddenly, you know, we were sitting there as, as undergraduates in our last year of college, and, you know, suddenly we had some money looking in front of us. Um, and we we're like, hey, we just kind of, Accidentally formed this business, you know, where do we go from mm-hmm. here? So then we got really serious. So you know, I, I dropped like half my classes. Uh, I said, serious and, uh, my, my computer started talking to me, but you know, we, we I dropped some of my classes. We started, you know, spending, you know, we had someone dedicated around the clock to watching it make sure it started working. Um. And we spent all of our time just building all of this infrastructure, you know, building the technology to make sure we can connect to all of these exchanges quickly. Uh, you know, building this technology so that we could see where our Bitcoin was at any given time. And we realized mm-hmm. that, you know, we'd spent like six months building. You know, we'd just done nothing but build this underlying infrastructure. And that's when, uh, that's when it kind of, kind of clicked for us. That, like, that's probably the business. You know, if we're doing this. And, you know, uh, I bet everyone else who's ever wanted to trade Bitcoin, you know, if any of them want to get serious about it, I bet they're building this, too. And that, that's when, like, the, the light bulb kind of went off for us.
1: Um, you know, just to relate it to my own story, I was working at a medium-sized retailer, like 300 employees or so. Um, it was my third year in e-commerce. After I had left the, the kind of networking world, I went to a startup and then an e-commerce manager and it was the same situation. And I think, you know, this show is by founders for founders, and there's so many similarities between it. Um, you know, but I was helping, uh, the company at the time navigate these challenges on Amazon. And this was like seven, eight years ago. Um, and it Mm -hmm. was, you know, they had map pricing issues. They had reseller issues. They had, you know, um, they had salesmen that were selling to brick and mortars that were putting it online. And do you take that away from them because it's challenging this space? And, um, and then I worked on a freelance project with, uh, Adidas as they say. And, uh, I was like, how am I working with a company like this? Well, there must be a lot of people. If Adidas is having this issue, what other brands are going to have this issue or having this issue right now, I'm going to focus on these issues that they're having. Um, and that became my business as well. And it was it was legitimately like, if I'm having these issues, someone else is having these issues. Um, and it's, it's, it's entrepreneurship 101. Anytime you're creating a business to solve a problem, uh, you probably have a pretty good idea. Okay, so uh, you went and got investors, you started seeing that like these scripts and the more sophisticated you got, you're like, this is actually the solution um, You know that we're gonna try to push. How long ago is that, and where are we at now?
0: So that was uh, to, so put this put this in perspective. It was early, like late twenty seventeen, late late twenty seventeen, early twenty eighteen, that we're playing around with these scripts and we're you know we're we're trading these these cryptocurrencies. But I uh, I think like about halfway through twenty eighteen, um, that, that that's when we really figured it out. You know, we went and talked to a bunch of people who are doing the same thing, and then that that's when it clicked. Um. So the first thing that we did is we we came to the conclusion that we didn't know anything about starting a business. We knew a lot of people that did, uh, but we knew nothing. Uh, so we went through an accelerator, um, and that that was honestly a, a hugely influential experience. So, so we stopped. Was, build- what, can I ask what the accelerator yep. was? Um, it's the MIT Delta V accelerator for uh for companies founded by MIT students. Okay. Um, and it was it was New York based. It was awesome. We they had us on a. Um, they had us on on Roosevelt Island, it was just, you know, this beautiful space that they put us in. And the whole goal of the summer is just, you know, either prove that your idea is good or quit while you're ahead. You know, don't waste any more time other than your summer because you have so many valuable things that you would be doing. And we really took that to heart. We we stopped writing code. You know, we just went and we talked to, you know, about as many people as we can, people who are in cryptocurrency trading, but people who weren't. You know, we we talked to all of the major Wall Street firms, hedge funds, asset managers banks, brokers, exchanges, etc. We just want to know how this world works. Um, And at the end of the summer, we walked away with a really strong idea. You know, after hundreds of interviews, you know, primary market research 101, you know, we walked away with this this really grandiose idea of what the future could look like for Bitcoin trading. And we knew where we were and it was a really far ways away. And that's what we wanted to focus on. I think
1: one major point here is you know, you were doing all this, you you have a background in like, you know, research yeah. and you're doing all this research, but you're also taking action at the same time, right? And it was the action that got you to the next level, even though you could have researched all day, right? Exactly. You could have researched yeah. Bitcoin if you had never made moves and never wrote that first script and never moved to the second iteration and onto the third, um, you know, so you're talking about like all these people you interviewed and I did it quite a bit differently in regards to, I didn't know of anyone doing what I was doing at that time I couldn't find them. like it was yeah. just Elance Upwork and like that was it um, so and I, I also didn't love asking for help I think there was a difference in university levels probably and where you're at in the in the country and like who you're dealing with um, you know it was it wasn't second nature for me to just like this person wants to help me this person wants to help me or, or it didn't have those business connections so it's yeah. very like in some ways it was great because it was, you know, I didn't have anyone telling me do it this way or do it this way or do it this way. Um, but now I'm, I mean, I'm someone that like pays for coaching now and like, you know, I completely see that kind of mentorship differently, uh, but I think that was really big and you didn't even really harp on it, but it was this action for months or years. Um, and then you get to this accelerator that probably brings intentionality around what you need to think about. Um, and then going out there and, 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 asking people in the industry, what was going on? Can, can we break that down just a little bit? Like yeah. what did, you know, what did that, what would a meeting look like with an industry leader that you're like, yeah. Hey, talk to you about, you know, starting a firm or a group around helping people trade Bitcoin. Like, <laughs> uh, you have a company too, and I want to pick your brain. Like, how did that go
0: down? So, uh, I mean, it helped, you know, there's so many disadvantages to starting a company while you're young. Um, but here's the one really thing that's good, you know, you can play the student card and we played it as as you know, as hard as anyone can possibly play it. So every single person we reached out to were like, hey, you know, we're these young students We're excited about the world. You know, you have such a cool job. You have such a cool company. We just we'd love if you took a little bit of time. 20 minutes we will come to your office. We just love to learn about what you do. Um, and everyone took that meeting. You know, it, we had like a 98 percent response rate from, you know, as as high as you can go on the executive ladder. It was fantastic. Um so you and,
1: track your response rate.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we reach out to thousands of people. Um, you know, and you know, us being researchers, us being quantitative, we want to see, you know, like, okay, if we take this pitch, does it work? If we take this pitch, if it works. And the one that always worked was, you know, just talk to them ab- about like, you know, real things. You know, like we're students, we acknowledge we don't know the world. Teach us, help us, you know, and maybe we'll do something interesting that you want to be involved in or that you want to watch from the sidelines. So, you know, maybe this is you know, entertainment for you, but it, you know, something we, we were able to get a lot of real value out of it.
1: Americans with humility. Strange. <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> Strange. It was a different time. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. A couple of years ago. No, but for real, I know that they, like as someone that's um, grew up overseas and traveled and, you know, this is home, um, but students abroad have a different kind of mindset, you know, in that regard to being the student. Um, and it's super cool. You guys leverage that. I mean, I have so i'm a mentor at umkc um i also got a de- design thinking uh master certificate from uh springfield uh, missouri state
0: yeah look at that
1: this year so a little home near and dear you know can i learn about this um and I feel like in doing so where I was giving back, it's kind of opened up my mind because I've been doing this several years. It opened up my mind to be able to say, Hey, I'm going to ask up, Um, you know, and, and I actually like really enjoy it. I think you'd be surprised why that open rate was so high is because um, money's not involved. And so I feel like, and I'm a bootstrapper. So uh, I felt like it was an easier is I got a little bit get it. I got to be a little bit more creative in, in my responses and like the advice I was giving. Cause I knew they didn't have money, They're students. I get to think outside the box versus like the staple answers. I need to tell a big brand or someone like yeah. that. It's like a different conversation. I'm not going to talk to a competitor in the same way I'm going to talk to a student, you know? Yeah. Um, no. So I just digging into that a little bit, I think it was huge and it's something that we can all learn. Whether you're trying to be an entrepreneur, you're already one, or you're a founder um, you know, that market research part. And then, Another thing, I think we're, we're very much the same in regards to the A-B testing part, right? So I would I think I'm a data yeah. scientist now, as far as Amazon goes and understand the algorithm and the keywords, and we could probably chat all day <laughs> about that data, I think you would really geek out. And if you ever wanna build another software, you let me know. But, um, you know, that A-B testing thing is so, so, so important, it's not about being perfect, it's about trying two, three, four, five different ways uh, whether it's an email marketing campaign, whether it's a sales header, whether it's a LinkedIn, you know, DM, you know, <laughs> whether it's a Instagram DM, it's try, 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 try and try again and, and track your results. You know, yeah. I think that's a big thing. So you guys knew, um, even when you're in that infancy stage that you wanted to be tracking all this kind of stuff?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it came from the background, you know, like we, we knew that, that in order to, in order to improve anything, in order to research anything, you have to understand what you're working with. Uh, So we tracked everything, and we still track everything religiously. Um, You know, it's like the the most common word that we use is, is metric as a business, you know, because we always want to be able to quantify things down to metrics. So like, you know, we have metrics to understand how fast our engineering is going, you know, the visibility that we have as a brand, you know, of course, you know, how our, our product is working, you know, the, the performance and metrics of it. Um, but it all came from, from inception, you know, at that point, you know, we knew even then that, you know, there are ways that we can improve things that we're doing, you know, there are ways that we can share off hours of these processes that we spent our entire summer on and and that's where it started.
1: Oh, I love that. I feel like I've been working on that, maybe not in completely in business, but like for me that started out in entrepreneurship, it was like, I wanted to improve my my life. I wanted to improve yeah. my quality of life. And I've been making all these little enhancements that saved me an hour. At first it was, I wanted to save two hours of driving in traffic. Right. And it was like, you know, it was, I really did. I hated it. I was like, man, I could have gone to the gym twice a day. You know, that's how I was thinking, like in this amount of time I've sat in traffic. Um, I didn't start documenting until much later. Did you get that from, was that from school or was that from the accelerator that they really kind of hammered that in or w- what would you attribute that to?
0: Um, I think it was, uh, you know, personally myself and my my co-founder, John. Um, I, I have two co-founders, John and Ben, uh, but specifically John, you know, he and I have been best friends since we grew up together in Springfield, Missouri. Um, he, he He's there too. Um, but this is both something he and I did during undergrad. And we talked about this all the time. You know, we used to track, you know, <laughs> We used to track, you know, like the price per calorie that we were spending in, on our diets to see if we could save money. Um, you know, I used to, and I actually still re- religiously track the, uh, the amount of time that, that I sleep each night. You know, um, I, I track like my weight over time just because like, it, it's nice to have data because how can you make decisions? How can you make real world concrete decisions without any sort of data? And you're just like winging it based off your gut, which, you know, some people have done that really well, but like, I'm not one of those guys. I'm a researcher. Um, I want to see numbers, I want to see data, I want to be able to crunch it, and I want to be able to use that to make real world decisions I'm really confident in.
1: Yeah, especially around money, you know, and uh, as yeah. someone in the Amazon space, um, I've really relied on data to, you know, uh, guide brands through the, through the process, you know, they have different ways of doing things, like we're in a whole new world and a whole new arena, a lot of times when I'm working with a brand on Amazon, it's, I need to completely shift their mindset because we're in a different game. Yeah, it's a different game, um, and we don't have to guess if this photo or this photo, you know, translates better to the customer. We can legitimately test yeah, it. The, ask the poll. Yeah. We can test it, right? Like, yeah. um, and so because of that, it's been a mixture of how do I get myself in alignment so that my gut decisions are more on point because mm-hmm. because at some point you have to make gut decisions even yeah. if it's which one to test first which could save you time yeah. right and then the other one um is how do i get my data like one i went to a I, I asked what accelerator you went to because i recently went to a goldman sachs 10ksb in in uh, boston and I know oh, that you guys nice. are yeah. based out of uh, Massachusetts. So I was thinking, you know, maybe th- they've had a lot of people come through there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really impactful for me. And one of the biggest things I took away was, um, you know, kind of like dashboards. I don't want to say dashboards do it, but it was like, I, I'm, a, I'm amazing at tracking Amazon data. It's not the same inside my business. Right. In regards to like, how do I take like our social media efforts and our, uh, you know, our web efforts and our Google Analytics and our like my, you know, our time tracking and like my employees, all that kind of stuff. And how do we really know how everybody's doing? And it's been a journey for me since the beginning of the year to try to like solve for that solution. Um, Okay, let's take it into, you know, kind of what you guys are doing. So how does this like personality trait that, you know, maybe you and and your co-founders have had? made um, your marketplace better, so to speak.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, I think it comes down to the the fact that, you know, how we communicate with our customers and our partners, you know, it, it comes back to that that central question of, you know, how can you track this in a metric that makes sense, that clearly communicates a message. You know, there's no point in having data if it's not used to to clearly and concisely, you know, communicate something that matters to, you know, to to the end user. Um, and for us, the, the metric that we measured was how much can we improve like the price of a transaction, right? Um, if you're buying Bitcoin on one place, what if you can buy it somewhere else for you know like half a percentage cheaper, right? That metric, that that metric right there of that price improvement. Is it speaks, you know, a world of volumes to to the customers that we work with, you know, because we're we're working with people where if they change their trading strategy and they make like 0.1% more a day or or whatever it is, you know, that that's the difference between being you know like a, a good company and being you know, a unicorn company, like that that difference right there. So you know how we built this into you know um, a way that actually speaks to our markets is you know it actually just comes back to the data. Um, and making sure that the data is transparent and easily accessible and making sure that we can speak, uh, speak about said data to our customers in a way that concisely makes sense for their priorities.
1: No, I love that. And honestly, it's, um, it's, it's just a challenge that I've had over the last, I've been doing Amazon for nine years, um, worked with over 300 brands. Um, I've seen a lot. Okay. And, uh, you know, a big part of that is, um, brick and mortar companies um you know coming online coming to amazon and selling direct to customers and, and changing the way that yeah. they've always done things um and another one would be you know maybe they are already on amazon but they were in the early years where they just sold to amazon at 50 percent, like let's just say yeah. wholesale you know agreed upon price but when you're selling directly to customers you're selling at 100 percent, right so you're you know you're getting 100 of the profit now you have different fees yeah right but it's all about the data um in that conversation around look, I'm like, even if you guys make 55% or 60% margin versus a 50% margin, we've done nothing to grow your business. We've just made you more profitable simply by the way that you're doing it and engaging with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I just like to tie it in because you know it's a lot of the same principles like if you don't have data, um, you can't make decisions. You're you're making a guess. Yeah. you know,
0: And, and um, the world that you, the world that you live in is all data, you know, like, like Amazon, when it comes down to it, you're interacting with what, like hundreds of millions of buyers, maybe more is, is probably the billions now. Um, You know, it, it's, it's a world of data on, you know, how they interact with things, what they click on, you know, what, with what colors they'd like to see. And when you have access to that many consumers, you can make any decision you want over data, you know, you can make a decision on whether, you know, whether or not you post something at 7 a.m. or 7 or 1 a.m. Based off that data, so I mean, you're you're completely right. You live in you know probably a more data-driven world than I do, and that, that's a crazy thing to say.
1: Yeah, and it's uh it's honestly exciting because um, at first I didn't know, and it was more of like you need to come up with these creative ideas, like you know, to make this work on this platform, and it was like waiting on the brand to come up with these ideas and different things like that. As I started working with smaller brands, um, and then I realized I learned about photography and the data around photography. And I learned about the data around the ads. Um, and I learned around the data around the keywords and how they could be tracked in sales volume and momentum and, and all those yeah. things. Right. And, um, it, for me, it was like a light bulb went off in my head because it was like, this is repeatable. Right. Uh, yeah. and there's still like, it's a, it's a mixture of art and science in that regard. Um, but it's not that I come up with a genius idea for every brand that hires us. It's that I know all these data points that if we like analyze the data, we see what's wrong or what's great. Um, and then, you know, we set up a roadmap or a strategy to improve those data points, like one by one, let's say there's a hundred of them and you improve all a hundred, we're going to have a store that's selling a lot of shit, you know? (laughs) And it's like, I mean, it's happened over and over and over and over. And so it's like, Hey, um, you know, what didn't work with the last, the last one well we didn't pay attention to this data point or you know that kind of thing yeah. um let's change change direction just a little bit so we've kind of covered the back the back story to how you got you know float, floating point group off the ground um talk to us now about how you help customers like in a day-to-day so like let's i like to break it down super simple maybe we went a little high level for some people for a little bit but like you you just met me, I've told you about kind of what I know about digital currency, it's pretty like 101, um, you know, let's say someone's trying to get involved. Uh, do they need, you know, 19,000 to get in the game? Uh, you know, how do they engage with you? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, I, I think that's one of the beautiful things about cryptocurrency is that no one's locked out of the market, no matter where you are, who you are, whether or not you have a bank account, you know, whether or not you grew up in the U.S. or in Zimbabwe or, or Madagascar or Singapore, it doesn't matter um, because all you need to to get into it is an internet connection. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. And thanks to, you know, Elon Musk with, uh, you know, SpaceX and what he's working on, you know, anyone anywhere in the world will be able to get an uh, internet connection pretty soon for pretty cheap. Um, so, you know, it okay. changed.
1: Can, change. we, can we pause right there for Sorry, two yeah. seconds? Yeah. Okay, I, so I, you I said Zimbabwe. Yeah. You said Zimbabwe. I grew up in Congo, okay? And it was uh, $10 a minute on a phone call back then. It was 2001. Um, and we put emails on floppy disks. I think that's one of the most remote places probably in the world. There's probably a few others. Um, but you're right. The, the world is getting internet. I'm excited about that for educational reasons and, and, you know, the level of education that so many more people are going to get. Um, but you talk about all these trades that can happen in seconds and things like that. Um, does it need to be like, you know, like a, a really strong connection? Like, I guess I just don't understand exactly how, um, is it just like buying something on Amazon if you're trying to make a trade, you know, in that way? Yeah. Is it like, you know, you're set up, you click, you buy, you're good to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's effectively it. Um, you know, there there's nothing that actually physically moves. It's just the transfer of data from one place to the other. Like the entire monetary system here is, is you know, it, it's code and it's data at the end of the day. Um, and no matter how slow the data, the internet connection is, you know it's not a lot of data. This this whole thing moves pretty quickly, no matter how poor your your internet is. Um, okay. So th- that's the beautiful thing is it's the, the it's the inclusion. Like it it's practically impossible to find a way to be excluded from from the world of cryptocurrency if you want access to it.
1: See see I I wouldn't have known that. I'll be honest with you. Like all mm-hmm. I all I really know is a bunch of scammers and spammers that like <laughs> hit up my DMs asking me if I want to invest in Bitcoin you know oh, and of course. i or, or i look at bitcoin and it's like 18,000 i'm like okay i can't i'm not involved there i missed it i missed it um so that's news to me yeah
0: yeah, yeah. i mean so part. yeah no it it's cool because like you know sure like a, a single bitcoin is worth what like 19,000 18,000 dollars right now but you know um you you can buy decimal places and not like you need to buy the the whole thing so you know, if people want to to you know get access to the bitcoin network you know it goes out to like eight uh eight decimal places right you know a single you know, eight decimal places out, you know, each one of those is called a Satoshi. You know, you could just buy one Satoshi if you want to. Um, okay. It's like, like in the monetary system, you know, in like the US dollars, it's like buying a cent, you know, it's like probably like smallest unit of, of the US dollar that you could probably get, you know, in, in the world of Bitcoin, that's one Satoshi. Um, and that's like, you know, like a 10th of a cent or, or even less than that at, that, at this point. Um, so it's really easy for, for people to actually, uh, you know, access and use it, but it, like, don't get me wrong, you know, the user experience of doing so is hard right now. You know, it's hard for people to really get into it without understanding some of the technology behind it because it kind of sounds scary. You don't know, you know, if if this really is something that's legitimate or if it's, you know, those those scammers that are in your DMs, they're in mine too. I prom like they promise me every single day how well they will manage all of my bitcoins if I'll just send them to them right now, you know. Um, I, I've never taken them up on it, but I'm I'm sure they do it really well.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. I know some of them look really cute. Um <laughs> and I'm like uh you know hard to trust you know like I mean so that's a that's a big thing with me but like you talk about like everything being code but like is there any difference between the banking systems we have now and they're just moving money around through debit cards and credit cards and data 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 like um you know it feels it feels somewhat the same. Um and, and one thing I want to pause you on I think I could use some clarity around the mining part. Um yeah, right. and I, I think if I have that question others have that question. Um, Do we want to get to that later?
0: No, the the two questions you just asked are perfectly linked. Uh, So we'll talk about both right now. Um, So when I say that the Bitcoin, uh, you know, the Bitcoin network and in all cryptocurrencies, there's just code. um, You know, realistically, what it is, is it's made up of a lot of people uh, who all agree effectively in consensus that something should happen. Like, you know, when you, you know, swipe your, your bank of America credit card or, you know, your debit card, whatever it is, you know, you're waiting on, you know, your, your friends at big old bank of America to say, yes, you know, thumbs up. I think this should happen. Um, what if you didn't need someone else's approval, right? Like what if, you know, no matter what happened in the world, you would never, ever have to worry about bank of America saying no, right? Right. That's a crazy concept. It doesn't matter in America, that's true. You know, we've we benefited from from the ideas of, of financial stability for so long that a lot of these concepts sound crazy. But what about in Hong Kong, right? Where protesters and, you know, students and any anyone who raised their, uh, their voice against what was happening there, a lot of them found their bank accounts drained. You know, a lot of them you know, went to, you know, pay for food you know that way they could go back the next day they could protest and they can't buy anything because you know their their, their debit cards are drained you know suddenly the idea of having your know, complete financial control matters a lot more when things mm-hmm. like that are happening so sure you know in the u.s it, it probably doesn't matter too much but you know around the world it really does and I'll, so this is why it matters um you know it's this this concept that i was talking about about consensus right this is essentially the same thing as democracy, right? You know, what happens every time you submit a Bitcoin transaction is that everyone else in the world can see it. Everyone else who's, you know, dialed into the Bitcoin network supporting it, they can all see it. And as long as the majority of those people say, yes, this is a good transaction, it will happen, right? There's no one person that controls it. There's no two people, there's no company, there's no organization, no one controls it. Um, You can contribute to it just as easy as I can. Uh, You know, you just have to be able to interact with the network. Um, so it's this beautiful concept that you know no matter who you are around the world, you have an equal vote to everyone else does, and you get to approve or deny those transactions, which means it's it's really, really, really hard to shut this down because you'd have to go find every single person in the world who believes in Bitcoin, and you'd have to take away their internet access, and that's never going to happen.
1: Mm. I like that. Um, that's powerful stuff, I think. And uh, as someone that's very passionate about those things, um, freedom, financial stability, Um, you know, inclusion. Yeah, Uh, yeah. As someone that's been around the world, where people we don't have all these freedoms, um, you know, it's not that hard for me to believe or or to imagine, you know, those things happening. And when you were talking about, you know, Bank of America, uh, like you know, needing to process that transaction, that was exactly what I did at a (laughs) knock that I was telling you about. That I was like, I hated this. I was like, this is where it people go to die. Like, I'm leaving. Uh, I'm not gonna (laughs) die here. I'm not gonna die here. And it was more money than I'd ever made at that time and it was exactly that it was watching a network uh if the networks get overloaded uh essentially you get denied at the register it'd say timed out or whatever and then you know mastercard the company behind the credit cards or you know visa and mastercard would stand in for bank of america or commerce or whoever you're using as a bank and would process that transaction for you and you know in my mind i can i can 100 percent see well like what if that breaks What if that next process breaks? Like you Uh. just don't have money. You just, you know, you just like, you don't have access to that. You have someone telling you like, no, you can't get your, your funds in that way. Um, You know, that's kind of crazy to think about.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things that really got me interested in it, just the, the the philosophy behind it. Um, and of course, you know, so many people who are in the world of Bitcoin, you it's like a cult effectively, where all these people are showing you are you know, if you're not in it, you're not one of us, or so you should just get out. That, that, that's not true. You know, like, don't get me wrong. I have a bank account. I love having my bank account. I have a credit card. I swipe that thing daily, maybe a little bit less, I'm, I'm pretty frugal, but you know, you, you get the picture, right? Like, I still believe in the in the, the financial uh, realm, but you know, I believe in insurance and I believe in managing my risk. Um, and I'll tell you what, the Bitcoin that I have, you know, this is insurance against the world going cr- going crazy, right? You know, um, it, it's a really interesting concept that, you know, these these two things are probably inversely correlated. If the whole world does well and, you know, everyone comes together in harmony and unity and prosperity, mm-hmm. then, you know, Bitcoin probably won't matter that much. But if it doesn't happen like that, right, That, that that's where Bitcoin comes in. Um, and that's why I really want to make sure that, you know, we have this this, you know, layer of financial stability around around the world. It's, it's an insurance policy effectively uh, for, for the world to continue to be able to operate.
1: That's definitely where my interest in it comes is, you know, as I'm building my my multiple businesses and like, you know, uh, my like acceptance. For risk is very high right now. Knowing, like, you know, where I want to be with those things and what I want to invest in, and you know, whether it's real estate, whether it's Bitcoin, it's the market. Um, you know, I've started digging in, I've started listening to podcasts, so I was super excited to get you on the show today to just kind of ask some of these basic questions I, you know, that I think a lot of people have. Um, can can we talk just a little bit more about the mining? Like, I just, I guess I just don't understand, understand yeah, that part. Yeah. And because uh, it seems like there's money made in trading and there's money made in mining.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, step one of mining, you know, you have your picket. No, you know, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, you know, the, the process of mining is that consensus, right? You know, okay. every time I do the work to make sure that I can approve someone else's transaction, um, I enter myself in effectively for a raffle you know, everyone who contributes to, to figuring out if these transactions are real or if they're fake, you know, they might win the block reward. You might get paid in Bitcoin for doing that work. Now, the process okay. of mining for, for Bitcoin, you know, it's, it's based on, on a concept of doing work, right? Um, and one way that you can quantifiably do work is that you can solve math problems. This is a, a type of work that computers really understand. You know, you understand that, you know, you know, doing this sort of, of math problem is very computationally difficult. So if you've solved this problem, you know, it proves that you did the work necessary uh, for for verifying this transaction. And the idea here, the idea here is that you can quantify the, the you know, the voting power that people have, right? Um, so it's not just, you know, one person with one computer, you know, they can have an unlimited amount of votes of effectively, you know, uh, which transactions are good and which transactions are bad. Um, the process of of doing these math problems democratizes it. Where effectively, you know, it's probably impossible that you're going to have enough CPU on your own uh, to go against the, all the other people who are supporting the blockchain network. You know, is supporting um, the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, so in the process of doing these these math problems, um, you know, it's it's effectively wasted work. But what it does, it just it simply proves that you've dedicated the resources to to uh, you know verifying the transaction. Um, so what is can we? Yeah. What does that look like?
1: I guess I'm just imagining like two plus two is four. Like you know, like what is like so? Okay, so you're verifying someone's trade. Like how do you have any right to say like you know whether me and my dad like trade a coin um, or a part of a coin? Um, what like what math problem arises for you that you need to solve that says yes, this is. <laughs> done because you're you know you've been validated that you did explain this to yeah. like a common person I don't, I don't understand yeah
0: so 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 you're saying nice like i'm gonna be a miner.
1: About... you're i'm gonna be a miner, yeah. and i get plugged in someone like you plugs me in you're like look i'm gonna show you how to process transactions and you're not gonna invest any money but you're gonna do these problems if you get enough raffles like you'll eventually start collecting some coin and yeah. then you know you're like you're working for money so What does that look like? And what do I do at the computer? Like, do I just allocate resources for my computer to do work for me or am I physically doing it?
0: So so it's your computer doing the work. Um, So what you're doing is you're effectively locking up your computing power to just solve these problems all day, every day. And, you know, the problems themselves don't really matter. It's this crazy cryptographic problem where, you know, you have to, to guess like the, you know, the right, like 16 digit number and whoever guesses that number correctly, you know, whoever does that problem and, you know, ends up with like the right number, you know, the right string, you know, they're the person who, uh, you know, who gets it right. But, you know, the, the thing that they're verifying here, um, here's a really interesting concept I don't think we touched on before. You know, because this blockchain network, you know, because anyone can access it, anyone can read the data, Um, there's, you know, it's there's absolute transparency into who has what money. Now, what I see is, you know, I'm not going to see that, you know, Kevin or Andrew, you know, has, you know, X number of Bitcoins. What I'm going to see is that from address one to address two, you know, someone wants to move money from one to two. Now, do they have enough money in address one to actually move it to address two? Let's say I only have one Bitcoin and I want to move 10. I can just tell the network that I'm moving 10 to address two. And if no one stops me, it'll happen. Um, but you have all these people around the world who just checking. They're like, okay, he wants to send one Bitcoin. Does he actually have one Bitcoin in that address? If yes, sure. It looks legit. If no, that's clearly not legit. That's probably fraud or of some kind and it gets rejected. Um, and all these people around the world, all these miners, they just have computers, that are running in the background, they're just running a simple program, it's not really doing anything fancy, it's just doing these math problems all day, every day, and just verifying, you know, address one wants to move one Bitcoin, does it have one Bitcoin? If yes, send it, if no, don't send it.
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um I guess like I really have a grasp now, honestly. Like it's CPU power. It's not someone sitting there doing it, you know, it's someone. <laughs> uh, And then, you know, if you're the one that guesses a 16 digit code or your computer is the one that guesses it, you get a commission for the sale, so to speak.
0: Effectively, um, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And you gain enough of those, then like, you know, maybe you're able to do something with it. Okay. So you didn't get into that, even though you're all about the data, because you. That just wasn't like of interest to you or you didn't understand
0: that that wasn't the first thing you learned so it, it, it's a really interesting thing um that's actually my co-founder van that, that, that's how we got into the space um so way back in the day in like 2014 which you know for me feels like way back in the day um you know he he went around campus and he set up a few miners. um on on you know university property um and he would just you know he plugs in these computers they they go to town you know he doesn't need anything from the computers all they do is you know sit there all day every day doing these transactions and eventually one of them might get it right and might make some bitcoin um, so he, he did it for a really long time and, and he had a lot of fun with that. But uh, that business is very hardware intensive. If you want to be like really competitive, then you want to have like the world's best computers that can do these 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 math problems faster. Awesome. Um, yeah, And then this turns into like a huge data center problem. Because, you know, like if, if you really want to do it, if you want to do it really well, then you're, you're going to want to host, you know. All of your own servers you know you're going to want to you know have your it's own as like as yeah exactly like you're, the cheapest electricity as possible you want to you know, have like you know the the best distribution of like cold air through like your huge data center if you're getting really professional about this and none of us have any sort of expertise in in hardware um and it, it's definitely bad because you know the the cost to set up hardware um is tangible the cost to set up a code is very very easy for us you know do we have enough time to write it can we write it are we smart enough to write it the answers to those things are probably yes we can do that um can us, you know, us as undergrads step, you know, a very competitive mining operation? Probably not. We could, you know we definitely had one running out of the dorm room where, you know, it was it was able to uh, you know generate, you know, a couple of bitcoins once once in a blue moon. Um, but we really didn't see that being the path to which, you know, we went, you know, being 22 year old entrepreneurs to building a billion dollar business. We didn't we really didn't see that path there.
1: Yeah, I, um a lot a lot of people ask me like if I have my own e-commerce brands, and I do now. Uh, But for years I didn't, and it came out of practicality. Like I legitimately didn't have money to invest five grand or 10 grand into product and and learn, you know, on that. I was literally just trying to get by, trying to, you know, like get my car to work. And like, you know, so it was like, uh, what can I do for free to make money? Which was my, you know, give my time, not necessarily like my resources. And so for that, it was like, look, I've spent a crap ton of time learning how to solve these problems, Um, you know, pay me for that. And let me, you know, like so that's why I like the service based uh, the model of Marknology, like you know, helping people in that space was, um, you know, more appealing to me. And um, I, I want to give one one more shout out to our sponsor Gusto.com. Um, I've used them. I, I I honestly wanted to stop writing checks. Uh, I've I've like optimized <laughs> my life and my business to be able to work from anywhere in the world, and I have a team of fourteen. And, um, you know, if I was taking a two-week trip or a three-week trip, I was having to, like, kind of, like, pre-write these checks and, like, you know, leave them for the team um, so they could get paid while I was gone. And, um, you know, I'd always just done things the way I'd, I'd done it because finance wasn't my, like, area of expertise. So moving to Gusto, um, you know, really helped me streamline that. It allowed me to, like, make changes to payroll while on the go from an airplane, um, you know, didn't matter be able to offer time off payroll um you know tax calculations um just a huge a huge help to me um and i want to give them a shout out because sometimes we get sponsors on here i'm not always a uh user but with gusto i am and it's really helped um you know just streamline my business make sure we're not missing things not having to like make extra trips Um, you know, to the office or if someone's sick and, you know, specifically during this pandemic, like have to hand deliver checks or things like that. Uh, (laughs) If you care about your people, you want to get them paid, you know? So, um, you know, Gusto is a big help for us. Want to give them another shout out as our sponsor. Um, Back to business. Okay. So, We understand why you didn't do mining. We know what mining is now. We understand how you got into it. And, you know, sometimes you have to get into something to know that you want to go a different direction. You know, so doing it out of the dorm rooms, like kind of learning that way, um, you know, gets you involved. gets You're taking those actions and then you learn and you make adjustments and you're like, okay, the script we can do for free. And I don't need all this kind of stuff and I don't want a huge server room and we don't have any expertise there. What do we have expertise in? Um, If people want to get involved, they don't have to have 17,000 or 19,000 or 20,000 to get involved it's inclusive for anyone you just need internet connection okay so we've learned a lot honestly so far and uh at least for me I've learned a lot and I want to know like now like let's talk let's talk about the business a little bit like how do you help people and how do they get involved with you
0: yeah I mean so we're the back end layer right you know no one's going to go to Stripe and, you know, use them themselves. You no, know, you go to businesses and you, you're like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to pay for your service. How do I do it? And they're like, Hey, here's our friends at Stripe. You know, they have this beautiful system takes a couple lines of code. Um, and they've made it really easy for us to take your money. You know, we're, we're like the Stripe in this case, right? Um, so we're never going to see any, 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 uh, end customers, what we're going to do in the background is we're going to make sure that everything's moving safely and efficiently. Um, and we're gonna provide all the developer tools to make sure that you know the businesses that you want to patronize are doing it efficiently. Um, so what we have is we have a list of of people who've built you know beautiful products on top of our product. Um, and that's how I recommend to get involved because you know I know that they work. I know that they're trustworthy because we've helped build them. Um, so we're really invested in in those people's products because like we know, you know, out of everything in the world of crypto, you know, some of it's kind of sketchy. I agree. But like we know those people and we know them. We've been, to, you know, to their offices, to their homes. We know that they've worked with good technology because we built it by hand ourselves. Um, so those people get involved And uh, you know, if you look up floating point group and, you know, in uh, uh, Google News, you'll see, you know, some of the partners that we've done press releases with. Um, those people have awesome products i would really suggest you, you you use them they provide some of the world's easiest experiences to to get into crypto
1: awesome and is there like you talked about it being inclusive um is it truly like anybody that's like looking to invest is there kind of a minimum to get involved with you know those all those companies probably have their own um stipulations to getting involved or investing with them and, and if that's the case just let me know um you know i just think uh as we go into like, you know, 2021, this is just gonna continue to grow. Like we're both in spaces that aren't going anywhere. They're gonna continue to grow. Um, And I I guess that's where I was. When I got into real estate, I I thought, you know, I needed 10, 15, $20,000 to get started, you know, on my first home. That wasn't the case, you know, I really, I think I bought my first two bedroom, one bath house uh, for like, you know, I put $3,500 down. You know, and so in my mind, it always been like just this large number to get to get involved. Um, It's not the case.
0: You're absolutely right. Um, You know, the the groups that we work with, you know, have have, you know, higher numbers on these things. But if you want to talk about inclusivity, if you have five dollars, ten dollars, you can go on on some of these businesses and you can buy, you know, your first, uh, you know, partial Bitcoin. Um, you know, you can go on Coinbase and Coinbase has, you know, probably the world's easiest experience for this, you know, you can hook up your debit card, you know, you can spend five bucks and, you know, you don't have to worry about it after that, you know, your 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 Bitcoin is just there, it'll never go away from you, um, and suddenly, you know, you have a little bit of exposure, um, you know, the, the bigger you get, the more sophisticated it, it becomes, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's as easy as that. You know, there are places around the around the U.S. and around the world where you know it's an actual physical ATM that you can find on the street, and you can go and you know stick in a five dollar uh, bill, it, you know, and it'll it'll spit out you know five dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, you have to do something with that, you know, but they they will either give it to you in an app where you can, you know, have, you know, you can see a little bounce there, or they'll actually spit it out on a piece of paper that actually like, contains like the the digits for the Bitcoin to actually access that. Because at the end of the day, it's all code and, uh, and data, right? So sometimes they have to actually give you a piece of paper that contains it. Um, if, long story, uh, yeah, long story short, the, the, the barriers to entry here are, are, you know, as low as they possibly can.
1: I love it. You um, said Coinbase, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um what happens if if coinbase goes down where does your bitcoin go
0: that's a really good question um and that's why you now all this you know we have to give our of course our legal disclaimer we offer no legal investment financial tax advice whatsoever however um i personally would not store my my money on on exchanges because at the end of the day these people are startups now they're much more, you know, they're, they're large, very successful startups by this point. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's it might be difficult if Coinbase goes out of business tomorrow. Um, I actually don't know what to tell you. Um, that's the critical risk that, that my business faces as well. And we're working with people who have, you know, a lot of money that would potentially be at risk if, if that happens. Um, so, you know, there are lots of ways to hold your, your Bitcoin yourself. Um, you can do the really radical ways where you just memorize that number and you just pray to God that you never forget it. Um, Tattoo it. Yeah, you know, tattoo it. Then you know, uh, or memorize it. You know, and and you know, I I've done that. And you know, it's terrifying because if I ever forget that number, then I will never be able to access this. But you know, it's it's that concept that no one can ever take that out of my memory, right? That is permanently mine. No one can ever do that. That's fantastic. But you know, there are a lot of ways to do this. You know, if you look up like Bitcoin wallet on Google, right, you'll find you know tens and hundreds of services that help you hold it for yourself you know, on your computer, on your phone, et cetera, where you're not at, at risk of, you know, someone else's business going under or getting hacked.
1: Okay. So let's say their business goes under, but you still know the code. Do you only get the code if you pull it out or, you know, while it's still there, um, you know, how's that work?
0: So when when you're working with businesses like Coinbase, you know, these, uh, at the end of the day, it's still, you know, a centralized company where they have a headquarters and a CEO, et cetera. Um, you know if it's in their possession you're just you're you're at their you know at you're at the risk of them saying no just like you are with bank of america so you know if you go and you try to you, even if you 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 know uh when you bought that bitcoin you knew the code that was associated with it when you sent it to someone else for example coinbase um you no longer have you know that the access to the wallet where it was at. you never you no longer know that code um so the issue is if it's just sitting there you know controlled by someone else you're at risk of, you know, a centralized point of failure, just just like the problems that I was talking about with the with the US financial system. Um, so there are a lot of benefits to to holding it yourself. It is dangerous. It is hard. What if you lose like your your USB drive where you're storing the code for it, right? That happens. There are crazy stories about it. Um, so you know, don't don't put your life savings into it, please, dear God, right? Don't put your life savings on a USB drive. Uh, but you know, if you have a thousand dollars there or something where, you know, it, it's safe and it's outside you know the rest of the world you know there's your there's your insurance
1: yeah no i just uh these are real practical questions and maybe not the questions you always get into but no for me, no, i love it awesome like i just think it brings a lot of education to the space and you know i give out so much value and so much content uh like for free around amazon because i'm just so passionate about it and i want people to really know No, like I get it that Jeff is a billionaire, you know, 10 times over, 100 million times over, uh, (laughs) but we help local businesses. We help small businesses all day, every day, um, you know, grow, hire people, get, you know, national exposure, um, insurance for them to not just be in, you know, their little store that got closed down by the pandemic, but be online. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that Amazon has done for for businesses that people just have no idea about. They have kind of fear around it uh, or they lack knowledge you know, a social media marketing company that doesn't know Amazon is going to talk shit on Amazon because they don't understand it. And, you know, and they want that business. So, you know, I spend a lot of time just educating people, um, you know, and Amazon can be a beast to manage as a pain in the butt, you know, for for sellers, because the platform is made for buyers. Um, But there's there's a ton of money to be made, you know, and there's a there's a ton of upside as well. So I totally get that and really appreciate everything you shared on the show today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh it's it's exciting to to be able to, you know, share some of this knowledge because at the end of the day, um, if we're the only people, you know, the like the Bitcoin crazies, if we're the only people who ever use the network, it doesn't achieve what we're trying to to achieve. You know, what matters is that we make it easier to use, easier to understand that way, you know, it can spread across borders, it can be something that that doesn't just have to be centralized with, with a small group of people who with really technical knowledge to understand that, you know, um, I'm happy to do my part to, you know, to, to help people understand and, you know, maybe they'll play around with it and have some fun, you know, maybe they'll, they'll make some money on it, maybe they won't, and, you know, all that's okay, but it's, 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 you know, a way to, uh, to make the world a little bit more inclusive.
1: No, I love it. All right. As we wrap up, cause we're coming on, coming on an hour, um, you know, what's one thing you want to leave with, um, you know, our listeners today, maybe that we didn't cover, um, uh, you know, whether it's about your company, whether it's about digital currency, whether it's about entrepreneurship, um, you know, just share something that, that you feel would, would provide some value to our listeners.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, when I think about people who who would be listening to this this podcast, you know the the entrepreneurs or would be entrepreneurs, um, you know, I think the the best piece of advice I could give is this, right? You know, uh, you're a function of your team, and your success is a function of your team. Um, and I think that the one thing that we've probably done best is that we've hired, you know, world class people who who have helped us build what we've built. Um, and, you know, of, of course, I, I hope they listen to us. I hope they under, they hear what I'm saying. I, I tell them all the time. But the fact of the matter is this. We went out and we found people who are builders. We found people that we want to build with. We found people, you know, who, you know, it's okay if they don't have the right resume points. You know, they're smart. They're scrappy. They're willing to work with you at, you know, 10 p.m. on a Sunday night if, if you have to in order to get the job done. Um. So I think my my advice is, you know, to find those builders, you know, whoever they are, whatever they look like, whatever background they come from, if they're college dropouts like me, if they have a PhD from Harvard, it doesn't matter. What what matters is that you find those people who, you know, you're willing to, to go conquer the world with, who are willing to build with you. Um, and you go on that journey together. I think that's the number one thing that will make people successful.
1: Kevin, that was, um, you know, a great, a great way to wrap up the show. And, um, You know, honestly, someone messaged me earlier today on Instagram and just uh, was saying, uh, it was actually a post on a friend's, but we're all friends. And so it was uh, kind of an interaction. And he was saying... um, You know the most important thing is to continue to surround yourself with people that are trying to be better and people that want to build and we talk about you're the sum of the five people but even in a business aspect you know you're the sum of the part you're the sum of your partners you're the sum of the people that you're working with do they want to create something great do they want to create something better do they want to continue to improve are they okay staying right where they are yeah you know and uh there's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom in that um Thanks again. As we wrap this up, thanks again to our our sponsor, Gusto.com. You know, if you're a small business and you're trying to just get one thing off your plate, uh, you know, in the coming year, think about getting your HR, your payroll, um, you know, just streamlined, make it more efficient. You can have it on auto pay. You can do all kinds of of features with this software. Um, You won't be disappointed. The customer service is great. Um, and I have a, I have a local CPA here in Kansas City that, um, you know, even gets in there and helps me set it all up. It's super easy. So I, I don't even have to do the setup. Um, you know, the count rep along with my CPA got us running in no time. Kevin, uh, thanks again for being on the show. Thanks for all of your knowledge. Um, I'm kind of excited. Like, I feel like I want to go invest in some in some digital currency. Honestly, I feel a lot more educated, and uh, I really appreciate everything you had to share.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. And, uh, let me know if you get into the to the industry. I'm uh, I'd be happy to to uh, hear how that goes for you.
1: Hundred percent. All right. Thanks. Thanks, hustlers. We'll talk to you soon.